You are now listening to The Moon Child. It's a late night episode, Saturday night. Vibe with me for a second. night before the Super Bowl and man oh man I'm feeling good the Kings won tonight we beat the Nuggets the third time we played them three times and we beat them all three times just got off of work too well I got off of work earlier I got off of work and I seen that the Kings won but even better news I picked up a shift on Wednesday if you don't remember where when I was recording the 20th episode it was right before work and I got called in. Well, and I told you that I was supposed to work on the Super Bowl. Well, he took that shift off for me because I picked up another one. And now I have that, that day off. You know, I work at a wings place. So it's the busiest day of the year, Super Bowl Sunday. And I don't have to work that day. And I get to enjoy my Sunday and enjoy watching the Super Bowl. And I get to do it in a different way now because, you know, I'm older and stuff. I get to have more fun, you know. And... I can have me a light little drink and all that. I was supposed to experience that last year, but the difference was my favorite team was in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I drank a little bit, but I was stressed the whole time, you know. My, I was on the edge of my seat, and for all the wrong reasons. And the year before that, I wasn't really interested in that Rams versus Patriots Super Bowl. I really wanted to see Mahomes that year, but... I get to watch the Super Bowl. I'm excited. And you're seeing Tom Brady versus Pat Mahomes. This is the Super Bowl that we all wanted. I feel like the NFL season turned out to be good in a year that probably shouldn't have been this good. It wasn't good for my Niners. But this is a great Super Bowl that we're getting. And with those four options, even if it was the Bills or Packers, you know, Packers versus Bills or Packers versus um, Chiefs, Vice versa, Bills versus Buccaneers. It would have all been a great Super Bowl. So I think we're going to get a good game. And, you know, everybody talks about, you know, we're all talking about Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady. But at the end of the day, they're not going against each other. And they're going against each other's defenses. And, you know, I can say so much. But anything that I say, it's going to have nothing to do with the outcome. But I feel like if I'm going to make a prediction... The thing I'm going to be looking for most, depending on these two quarterbacks at the high level that they're playing at, Tom Brady for the past 20 years, and Mahomes ever since he touched the field as a starter, I look at a thing called third downs. And I feel like if you can be the best team on third down, you will really you will win that game. Because, I mean, if, you get every, if, you're, if you're like seven for eight on third downs throughout a game, there there has to be at you have to at least have 20 20 to 30 points at at minimum because if you're succeeding on your third downs that means your drive the drive keeps on going and if we're breaking down their third down percentage patrick mahomes was almost at first josh allen was first in third down percentage by 
0.01 over Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes is 50.8% on third downs. 50%. And Tom Brady is 42%. Now, this is why I'm taking the Chiefs over. If this was Tom Brady's second year with the Buccaneers, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against the GOAT. But this is also Tom Brady's first year. He did not out-duel Aaron Rodgers, you know, if I'm not mistaken. I've seen Pat Mahomes, and like I said, Pat Mahomes is not going against Tom Brady. Pat Mahomes is going against the Buccaneers' defense. And I've seen Pat Mahomes just make these plays, find a way on third down, whether it's fourth down. They always find a way. They haven't given me no reason to bet against them. I'm sorry, but I'm not doing it. I'm just not doing it. They can be down 24 to 0, still come back. They can be down 20 to 10, still come back. They do it so effortless, effortlessly. And it's scary. It's scary when you got the type of weapons of the downfield threat of Tyreek Hill, and then you got the, the ultimate weapon in Travis Kelsey, and as well a guy like Sammy Watkins, who is also a top five receiver that was taken out of a draft. You know, he was the number one receiver taken out of his draft class. All around receiver can do everything, everything. And then they have another downfield threat, another four three four two guy in McCole Hardman. And then you got a rocket in Pat Mahomes, who is also very instinctive and will scramble when he needs to. And I've seen him scramble a lot against my Niners. And I'm just basing off what I've seen the Niners. I think the Niners is the best team best defense, best team in the league last year. And they were, but they didn't have the best quarterback. And I'm looking at this Buccaneers defense. Tyreek Hill fried them for 200-something yards in one quarter. One quarter, not a half, one quarter. Now, is that going to happen again? I don't, I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen again. But I'm looking at this Buccaneers defense. They're talented. They got the pass rushers. They got the linebackers. They got young corners. But it's not better than the Niners defense last year. It's not. Niners, I don't I don't see the Bucks holding the Chiefs to ten points through three quarters. I don't see that happening. I just don't. And the big thing for the that Casey's gonna have to prove um to oppose that defense. And we're going to see how instinctive Mahomes really is. But like I said, I still think, Pat, for interesting stat right here, the last three years of rookies, right? Um, the, the rookie pass rusher in pressures, the leader, Bradley Chubb in 2018, he led the league with 58. Nick Bosa, 2019, he led the league, you know, he led all rookies with 102. Chase Young this year, he led the league in all rookies with 55. Nick Bosa almost already almost had more pass rushes, pass rush pressures than Chase Young and Bradley Chubb combined. That's how much of a dominant force that that they that he is. Call him what you want. Call him Maga Bosa, but that dude is talented. Alright, he's a monster on the field. And the Buccaneers don't have nobody like that to constantly give him pressure like that. They will have more advantage without both of their tackles in Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz, probably. 
But I think Mahomes still finds a way to do it. And I still think he got too much weapons. They always figure out a way. And they proved it. They went 15 and freaking 1 this year. The Raiders might hang a banner saying that they were the team that stopped the Chiefs from going undefeated. So, I don't know. And the thing is, like I said, Patrick Mahomes is not going against Tom Brady. Tom Brady has to go against the Kansas City defense, who I think is very, very underrated. They have a monster in the middle of the D-line in Chris Jones. Everybody gets mad at the Niners for not running the ball, running the ball. Well, the Chiefs were stopping the run. They were, they were stopping the Niners' run. Chris Jones is a 6'7", 330-pound menace in the middle. And then, you know, they're catching on the run. We'll do a play action. There'll be a guy middle, middle of the field wide open. Boom, batted. Chris, Chris Jones bats passes. Frank Clark gets sacks. He's not that good in the regular season. But in the postseason, these two guys, Chris Jones and Frank Clark, they always show up. It's very underrated because their offense is such a high-level, potent offense. They're so good on offense. They're so fast. They're so exciting. But their defense with Frank Jones, I mean, with Chris Jones and Frank Clark, and not to mention the other piece of the back end, it's, it's these three guys in general that control this whole defense. And the last guy is the most instinctive player in football, Tyran Matthew. This dude has unreal instincts. He's an all-around I think he can be a future Hall of Famer as well. He's a safety, but he can he can be a number one corner in the league if he wants to. He can be the number one slot corner in the league if he wants to. He's obviously proved that he's the number one free safety. He can guard wide receivers. He can guard tight ends. He can he can be a ball. He's an ultimate ball hawk. He'll he can rush the passer. He can do everything. We cannot forget that this man almost won the Heisman in college as a defensive player. He's just a dynamic guy. He's just one of those guys that's a, a natural-born football player. Highly instinctive. He always makes a play. He always makes a play. He's just that guy. So, I mean, I think KC's defense can do better against Tampa Bay's offense than Tampa Bay's offense versus KC's defense. So, 31-24. I'm sticking to it. I got 20 on the game. I don't bet big. And I like to see the Chiefs win. It would be cool to see that little passing torch, but I won't be mad to see the Bucks win. So I'm at peace watching the Super Bowl. That's why I'm kind of excited about it. Um, the Niners are still the best team in the NFC, in my opinion. Tampa Bay is definitely going to be a threat. I'm not really threatened by the Seahawks no more. Never was threatened by the Packers. Never was threatened by the Saints. When the Niners are healthy, I think they're definitely not threatened by the Rams. They're just dust. Sweep, sweep. But I'm, I don't I don't think the Niners is going to be stopped by anybody. Potentially maybe the Buccaneers with Tom Brady in year two with them. Um, but when healthy, I just think we got the best defense. Got a great running game. Best tight end in the league. Um, just so many. We got the, you you got to think about it. We have the best tight end in the league. One of the best young pass rushers, like we talking about generational talent. We got a generational talent at tight end. Got a generational talent at middle linebacker and Fred Warner. Generational talent at pass rusher and Nick Bosa. Generational talent in left tackle and Trent Williams. Generational talent fullback. You know, maybe yeah, nobody realized how important he is, but he's very important. And Kyle Hughes check. We got pieces, man. 
And we got some very good pieces around them as well. You know, we got to get this QB situation fixed um, fixed up. But we went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy. And I think he could do it again. I just want a little bit better at the QB position. I don't think we can't win without Jimmy. But I would like an upgrade if you're going against guy. I want a guy that can extend the play that off script. That would be very useful to have. I hope we get Trey Lance. But that's a different conversation. So, got caught off track. I caught off track with my Niners, but 31-24 KC is what I'm going with. Can't wait to watch the game tomorrow. It's very exciting. So, as I said, I got off of work, looked at the box score. I was just like, man, I just started feeling so good. It's like the day automatically goes better when the Kings win. And the Queen Kings have won three in a row. And if it wasn't for that little Jimmy Butler game winner, we would be on a seven-game win streak right now. And like I said, I told you how hard this stretch is going to be. We done just beat the Nuggets and the Celtics. And now we got the Clippers tomorrow. And we're playing the Clippers for a third time. And we got blown out these these two times. They don't have Paul George. So I think we have a real shot to win this one. So we got Clippers tomorrow. We're playing against good teams, all playoff teams. And the Kings are putting on a show. I say let's compete. Let's keep competing. I don't give a damn about draft picks right now. We have what we have with Tyrese and De'Aaron Fox. We know they're their future. The thing we need to do the most is just build a winning culture. Gotta build a winning culture. I'll take a winning culture over draft picks any day. I can see them growing. They can find a way to make the playoffs this year. That can go so much a longer, that can go such a longer way. And I feel like you get good karma from it. You know what I'm saying? You always wanna play to win. And I think that goes a longer way than, than, than draft picks. Even though this draft class is stacked, it's stacked. I trust our GM. If we have the pick at 18 or 17, 20, I think we can do something well with that. Look, you see Manuel quickly. Um, you see Precious Achua. Um, you see Tyrese Maxey. Um, you see these guys drafted a little later, and they're, they're able to bring something to their team. We can draft a guy that can bring something to our team. We drafted Tyrese Halliburton at 12. We didn't need no top five to pick this year. We didn't. You never know who's going to slide down. You don't never know how how good they're going to be in the situation. And it's easier for a player to fit in when you have a winning culture. I'll tell you that. And why not keep Harrison Barnes? People, I've been seeing a lot of things like we should trade Harrison Barnes while his value is at his peak right now. Why not just accept him as his peak? I can see... Harrison Barnes giving us that Andre Iguodala impact that he gave for Steph Curry and Klay Thompson's development. He, as well, he is also improving in his career. He's 28 years old, 27, 28 years old, and we have him until he's 30 years old on under contract as his contract goes down. Goes from 20 million to 18 million to 16 million. He's a veteran guy, and he's in his prime right now. He's shown that he's figured it out in these years in the league. I believe he's in year nine, year 10 almost. And it seems like he figured it out. He's shooting 41% from three. He's a threat slashing the basket. He's too quick for people taller than him. He's too strong for people that's the same height as him. He's added more to his bag. He spaces the floor. He can play the three, the four, and the two. I say this all the time. He plays the most minutes. He's consistent, and he's a leader. He's a veteran. He's have championship pedigree why not keep him why not let's go for it 
maybe trade him in the offseason, but let's see what we got everything this year. We He can be a very good piece for Tyrese and De'Aaron Fox to keep, in my opinion. I'm telling you, I just, I, I really believe in the back Black Falcon right now. And Tyrese Halliburton, today, just a few days ago, he had 21 points. Today, he reached his career high again. He had 23 points. Couple blocks, a steal, six assists, efficient, four from seven from the three-point line, eight for 12 overall, showing that he's not out the rookie of the year race. LaMelo's over here having big games. He's gained the starting spot. But Tyrese proved that he's not out of it. His neck, he proved that it's neck and neck. And it's exciting to see. I'm just so glad he's on my team. Highly instinctive, instinctive player. Um, does everything right. He plays in the clutch minutes. And it's shown, actually, that we have a top five lineup based on all the numbers. You know, efficiency, net net rating, the lineup, the Kings lineup, and this is the closing lineup without Bagley, is when we run that, Darren Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald gives a lot of spacing. And we have Harrison Barnes at the four, run Rashawn Holmes at the five. Uh, we're ranked third, best lineup. <laughs> it's a very efficient lineup. And I've been saying this before, if we can just defend, we could score with anybody. And these past seven games, and this past seven games after I was stressing out, calling out the defense, they haven't given up 120 points since. Um, there's been more games where they held un under 110 than given more than 110. Like the Nuggets scored 114, but it was garbage time points. So I won't really count that. They haven't been giving up more than 110 points. And that's good. And it's really showing how good our offense is. So I think... Things are going in the right direction. Uh, I don't see how Luke Walton is being a terrible coach right now. People still say he's a terrible coach. And I think he's proving people wrong right now. If he can get this team to the playoffs, um, we're looking. And, you know, he's been the guy. He, he's been developing Fox these past two years. And Fox has been showing that he's been getting better. Tyrese has been showing that he's great. Harrison Barnes has shown that he's gotten better. Rashawn Holmes has shown that he's been better in this Luke Walton coaching. So when I see Marvin Bagley's dad complaining about the coaching, maybe there's something that Marvin Bagley has the issue. And it's okay. He's only 21 years old. And speaking of Rashawn Holmes, I want to bring him back, man. I, I got to bring him back. I'm down to give him like $15 million. Um, I think he could just keep getting better. Ah, oh, man, he's just... It's crazy to see how he really took advantage of his opportunity in Sacramento. We signed him on two-year $10 million to be like a guy off the bench, you know, just regular role player. We gave Dwayne Dedman that money, and he took that opportunity and took Dwayne Dedman's spot in the fifth game, and I seen it with my own eyes. I seen his first breakout game with us when I went to the Nuggets game, and it was crazy to see how bad Dwayne Dedman was and how much better Rashawn Holmes was for us. So it definitely... Deserve that money. Um, I think he should be getting paid the same amount as Trez, maybe a little bit more. Because he doesn't get utilized as a six man. Um, but I would love for him, I would love for Rashawn Holmes to be our six man. So it's going to be interesting. Once Corey Joseph off the roster, we're going to have a little bit more money. It's going to be interesting who we add next year. And um, maybe even see who we trade, you know. But I mean, 
why why mess the chemistry up right now? Let's just build a winning culture, you know. And they, if a team comes aggressively, like don't if a team aggressively makes a great trade that would benefit us, then do it. But right now, we ain't gotta worry about other Kings fans. Y'all need to stop talking about trade talks and stuff right now. It's just unless it's with Buddy or maybe Bagley. Let's stop with the Harrison Barnes right now. I, I, we got to keep Harrison Barnes, okay? We got to keep Harrison Barnes. I think he's a perfect piece because he can. he's versatile. He can play the three or the four. It's going to help us. It's going to help us so much. So, yeah, that's going with the Kings. You know, I'm excited now, but you never know. We can probably just go lose the next five games or something. Knock on wood, but... You never know. You never know because we do have a tough stretch. We still got to play the Bucks, Nets, Heat again. Got to play the Clippers tomorrow. Play the 76ers. So we're playing some tough teams. And we got it's, it's good that we're competing with them. But we got to stay consistent. Now, it's interesting this year because the MVP conversation is very, very exciting. And in my opinion, I think it's coming down to the best player on the best team. Because there's like six guys that's putting up MVP numbers. But right now, as the favorite, I got Joel Embiid. And, you know, I'm just going to go down the stat line. I'll go down, bring up the numbers, all right? I know people like to hear the numbers. I'm not really a numbers guy, but I'll bring up the numbers. So he's only playing 31 minutes per game. 29.3 points, near 30. 55% field goal percentage. 10 rebounds a game. Three assists, shooting 42% from the three-point line on way lower volume on previous years, which is good because that means he's really dominating in the paint, and then when he's open for the three, he's making them at a high percentage on low volume. And he's averaging a block, and he's averaging a steal on a top-10 defense and the best team on the East. He's anchoring the defense as well. He's the best rim protector on that team. So he's doing on both ends. And he's virtually unstoppable on offense when he's not healthy. We all knew this. And what we all knew and what we preached, if he's healthy, he would do this and that. He's doing it. He's like Hakeem Olajuwon with the jump shot. This dude is unstoppable in the post. They say he's 7 foot. i seen him live. He looks 7'2". The dude is humongous with light, 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 light feet. And his footwork is incredible for that size. I don't know how you can move like that at that size. It's just crazy. Um, yeah, you can't guard him. Um, and when you have the most dominant center, and he's doing it on both ends, I I would love to start my franchise with that guy. If you ask me anybody in the history of the league, if you want me to start my franchise with, I'm picking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'm doing it. And right now Embiid is proven because they finally got a coach. But he's proven when he's healthy, playing his best. He's the best player in the league. He's the most dominant weapon in the league right now, offensively and defensively. Now, second, because I'm not going to say all this, but it's a very, very close center, like second. Mind you, this is the MVP race. I got Embiid as a favorite, but this is a very close favorite. Very close. I'm talking about Buffalo sauce and Stampede sauce close. Working at a fucking wing place. That that's the metaphor that I'm using. <laughs> but it's very close. And LeBron is a very close second. 
can't exclude LeBron what he's doing in his year 18 season. He's playing pretty much every game. Uh, he's playing all the games at a high level. He's a walking 28-7-8. and eight. And he's anchoring. He's also helping. He, I want to say he's anchoring the defense, but he's part of it. And he's on the he's on the floor a lot. Lakers are the best rated team on defense, though I do question their scheduling this year. They did play a lot of non-playoff teams, but what he's doing on the offensive end, how he's controlling the game and the tempo, as well as AD having a down season, and for them to still be top three with the Jazz, with the Clippers, um, and I think with the talent on their roster, I don't even think the talent on their roster is all that. So for him to be leading that team, his leadership, his play on the floor, his floor general, his control, his impact, his dominance right now, it's second to none. Um, and he's showing why he should be the greatest player of all time. And he's trying to strive for that greatness as he constantly is. So I'm giving a lot of love to LeBron. I think LeBron's a very close second. If you, if, if the Lakers end up having a better, better record than the 76ers, I totally think LeBron deserves the MVP. Like I said, I think it comes down to the best record on the best team. Um, and not talking about like no one, like if they have like a five or six game lead, then yeah. But then if it's closer, it's a little more talking. So we're going to see how, who has the better conference this year. Um, you know, we've been saying the West for years. I think the West has more competitive teams, but the East is more top heavy where they have, uh, they have more contenders. The West has two contenders that's on another level of everybody else. But those everybody else is competitive teams, but then the East has more actual contenders for a championship title. So it's gonna be interesting to see how things fluctuate. But LeBron and Embiid is neck and neck, neck and neck. I'll slightly edge Embiid. Uh, but here's some honorable mentions, and it's not some crazy honorable mentions either. Like it's sad that they can't. It's it's gonna be interesting. You know, we're gonna have to see how this season because these guys are completely in it as well. But they're not having as greatest team success, if, except for one guy. KD, I would say, is having good, pretty good team success. He's kind of getting hoed right now. Um, the way how he got the virus. He had to leave the middle of the game and stuff. And he's missing some games. So it's a little complicated over there in Brooklyn. And he's still figuring out on a new team. But he's when he's playing, he's getting an easy 30. He's getting 30 on you. So, And he's shooting at a high clip, playing a lot more defense. So KD's third. And... Fourth, I just love watching this guy play every night. I'm doing my little fan duel on my fantasy team. I pick him every night. Every night he plays, and that's Jokic. He's just a menace down there. He just he he's just a menace. And it's so hard to think who's who's the better center right now between him or Embiid. It's, I really want to see that matchup. And when Jokic played the Sixers, the team had COVID, so we didn't get to see that matchup. That Jokic and Embiid conversation is going to be the next thing. These next seven to eight years so that's that's gonna be interesting Jokic is up in there and then Steph and Dame what Steph is doing right now he's proving everybody he's proving everybody why he's the second greatest point guard of all time now I wasn't for the Warriors if you ask me if, if it's from 2017 through 2019 I don't like the Warriors that's mainly because of KD's decision though I just I'm not going to root for a team like that. I don't want to see a team like that win. It's like, okay, yeah, you win. Obviously, you expect it. But the way I've seen Curry change my hometown city is something you got to respect and how he changed the game of basketball. And he doesn't have Klay Thompson right now. He doesn't have the KD right now. 
he's in a similar situation as like a Westbrook James Harden where he has to carry a team and many people said that he wouldn't be able to do it and he's doing it he just dropped fucking 56 tonight um and still got a loss so he's able to score he's he can score anytime but he's a team guy and he's gonna do whatever it takes for his team to win he's became a winner these past seven eight years so Steph Curry's for surely in that MVP conversation his numbers are looking great um he's still shooting over 40 percent from three with the high volume that he takes, he takes a bunch of threes. He's making it at a high clip. He's always getting double teamed. He has all the defensive attention around him, and he's still shooting over forty percent while playmaking for others. It's just amazing to see. And then Dame doing what Dame usually does. His team is injured. He don't got C.J. McCollum. He don't got Nurkic right now. He's still doing his thing. Dame, Dame still doing his thing. Easy twenty-eight points. Easy six, seven assists. He's gonna do what he gotta do. And he's just unstoppable on that pick and roll. Another honorable mention, Bradley Beal. He averaging 34 a game. So, it's a lot of guys that's playing at a high level right now. Um, so, you, you got to really break it down to the team success part of it. Because that's what's going to come down to. You got many guys able to just drop 30 or 20 plus points per game these days. So, it's definitely interesting. But I got to give it, got to give it to MB as the favorite. LeBron's close second. I'm not trying to hate on y'all Laker fans, okay? I'm not trying to hate on y'all. I'm admiring LeBron's greatness. It's just, I don't think he's the GOAT yet. But I feel like it's not wrong for me to appreciate his greatness right now. And just because I'm appreciating his greatness doesn't mean I have to think that he's the GOAT, all right? So for you Braun fans out there, relax. When it's all said and done... We'll see how his career ends. I'm not opposed to saying that he will never pass Jordan. I just have to see it happen first. So, I'm going to end it right there. I'm going to end it. I'm going to end this episode right here. I wanted to get this episode out, you know. It's late now. I was just thinking, I'm like, huh. Let me record a podcast. Yeah, I'm going to record an episode, so. I might come with one tomorrow, maybe see how I'm feeling after the Super Bowl. Hopefully, I'm not too drunk or nothing. Um, but, yeah, I don't know what my work schedule is yet. And, yeah, I'm going to keep it there. And hope you listen this far. I really appreciate, as always, if you listen to this. Love coming on here, talking about my opinions, and just having fun doing this little broadcasting type thing. Kind of following this King season. It's going to be something cool to look back on, so... Yeah, I'm going to keep it at there. Y'all have a lovely night, day. Peace.